ESPN. The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching and Consulting. You're trying to build your income, your business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker. For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Hope you're all having a wonderful day on this blistery, snowy winter morning here. We have snow at last, or at least winter at last. If you're wishing for that, well, boy, goodness, you got your wish, didn't you? On the other hand, if you were enjoying the, 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 what, fall-like weather that seemed to endlessly go on. Record-breaking warm weather. I, I was. Were you Were you enjoying that, Evan? Um, yes and no. I <clears> would <throat> like this for the week before Christmas up to New Year's, and then winter can be done and we're into spring. You know it, baby. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> so this is just offset by a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, and folks, hey, listen, maybe if we're lucky, we're going to have one of those nice little short winters where in March it's 40 degree weather and winter is all but done about the middle of the Mar- of March. So we've got about two months of winter. And Here comes a foot of snow in June. Yeah, well, <laughs> if that is true, we're not going to talk about it. So I have a great, and I do mean a great show today. This has been a long time coming. I have a gentleman who is a friend, a client, and uh, somebody that I look up to and think very highly of, and his name is Jeff Salzbrun. Jeff is the owner and builder and builder of CEG, Commercial Equities Group, and he is a commercial real estate broker, but he is so very much more than that, and we're going to be talking about that. Many of you who are good enough to listen to the show uh, from time to time know and I tell the guests before they come on that people are always more interested in who you are than they are about what you do. Too often people on radio shows like to do, I don't know what, infomercials or something, which frankly nauseate me. Uh, I like listening to people who are real, people who have struggled, people who have overcome challenges, and people who have succeeded nonetheless. And he is most certainly one of those guys. And not only that, we are fortunate to have his young son, Levi, in here with us. Levi is, uh, I'm told, one of my, or maybe my youngest listener and fan, so I really, really appreciate that. He's in here with those headphones on. I'm looking across at him. He's looking a little perplexed at me. But uh, we are going to have a fantastic show. So, Jeff, welcome to my show. Good morning, Todd. Uh, Thank you for having me. I mean, this is... uh... This is super special. And, uh, I've never been on the radio, so I'm just um, ecstatic to be here and uh, really excited that Levi could be here with us too. This well, so for great. and look, it's this first time for you. He's he's getting immersion early, isn't he? And that's yeah. fantastic. He's probably he's probably trying to calculate the ROI right now. <laughs> <laughs> You've taught him well. You've taught him well. So, Jeff, um, we how about how long ago did we meet? How long how long has it been since we met? Gosh, I want to say. Is it, it had to be early 2021, very early 2021. Yeah, August, so it's August of 20. 
I know we met. So but. it's for I think it's for two years and maybe even going on three years or something thereabouts. And and um, there's been a lot of great things that have happened, which we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But there's a lot of things that happened to you in your life long before you and I met, and I think that a lot of that is what brought you to where you are. So we're gonna be talking about that. So Jeff, tell me, where did you grow up? So I was born in uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota, and uh, moved to the Twin Cities. I want to say I was in kindergarten or preschool, somewhere in that age. So. Oh, okay. So where'd you move when you came to the Twin Cities? We moved to Coon Rapids, Anoka area, and um, started school there. So, Okay. Do you remember the elementary school you started with? I don't remember the preschool school, but then I went to Mississippi School in Coon Rapids and off to Washington School in Anoka and then Fred Moore, and then graduated from Anoka High School in 1987. There you go. That was was it? A, was it a big school then? Anoka was huge. I think That's, there was uh, my graduating class about a thousand and yeah. uh, three thousand between 10, 11, and twelfth grades. So it yeah. was a, it was a big school when I was was younger. I remember that being a big school. So, what did your parents do for a living? So my parents got divorced when I was pretty young, and my dad uh, was a UPS driver, and then. Um, he got in a pretty bad car accident, ended up being pretty much handicapped his entire life. And my mother was a nursing assistant, a nurse assistant of some sort for a doctor. And then my stepdad was a truck driver as well. So, so do you think that, um, and they, so how old were you when they got divorced? Three years old. Three years old. So, so you really, uh, didn't, didn't even have a chance to get to know your actual dad early on. You, you, your parents got divorced. Was he still in your life thereafter? No. Um, so he had a pretty bad car accident, ended up in the hospital for a long time. He had a stroke and, uh, very difficult for him to talk. And, you know, things were different in the seventies when people got divorced. Um, I know we had some visitations, but it was kind of like, we have this new life now, let's move on. Um, which was really interesting for a child to go through. Well, I have, you know, it's actually what I was looking at or looking for because I have no doubt it had an effect on you. How about your stepdad? What kind of uh, role model or, or guy was he in your life? Uh, he was an unbelievable guy. I loved him a lot. He, uh, he's still with us. <laughs> so uh, he, very mechanical, hardworking guy, came from a farm. Um, so instilled a lot of those values in us. Uh, worked very, very hard. Um what did he do? You know, what did he do? He, yeah. he, he was a truck driver. He was so a truck he was driver. A, he was in Vietnam, then came back and he was a truck driver. So. What, oh, he served in Vietnam? Yes. What branch of the military? He was in the Army as well. Ooh, does that have anything to do with you going in the Army? I'm sure it had something to do with it, but I think it was more, um, I was not cut out to be going to college after high school, so it was the escape plan like many of us do. Well, there's 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 more than one branch, just so you know. There's, <laughs> there's, there's Navy, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. A little partial to that. Uh, all right. So what was your childhood like? You know, the, the divorce part, the very early on years were very difficult. I would say I, I'm 54. It's still difficult. Um, but seemed pretty normal. We lived in apartment buildings, fire alarms going off, things like that. And then, uh, I want to say, can't remember what grade I was in, maybe first, second grade when my mom remarried and we moved into a little house out in the country. And so it was great dirt bikes and motorcycles and, you know, mini bikes and things like that. So if you didn't know how to weld by about third grade, you were out of the neighborhood, <laughs> a very blue collar neighborhood. And I was curious, George, always under the hood of a car of the neighbors saying, what are you doing? Why? You know, a million questions trying to figure things out. So, so you had mechanical inclinations from the time you were young. Yeah, that was, um, 
that's part of not having uh, a lot of money growing up. You have to learn how to fix absolutely everything. We didn't have the internet, things like that. Uh, like I said, I'm 54. So my stepdad was very mechanically inclined and uh, was able to teach me. Yeah, I, I should have asked again, what did he do for a living? Truck driver. He was. I, did I ask yep. you that? Yeah, Forgive me. So. Okay. So he was a truck driver and uh, he was mechanically inclined. And so he instilled that in you and maybe you just had a desire. I don't know. I think I surpassed him. You did. <laughs> That might be, that might, we might find that's a trend here. Um, <clears throat> as, as a child, what do you feel like your challenges were as a child growing up? Did you know, I'd you say have- mainly um, trying to go to school and wonder what was going on at home. You know, where's mom? Is she okay? Um, where's my siblings? And, you know, what's happening? And really, you know, I just, I'll never forget uh, leaving the church after the wedding and my mom was like, you can call him dad now. And that, that was just very, very confusing when you're, when you're that young. Mm. And, uh, we did, uh, we were, I was actually born. My last name was Goman. And back then you just filled out a form, put your kids in school. So my mom put us in school as a Salzburn and I had to change, do a legal name change when I went into the military. So you kind of lose your identity a little bit. Goodness. I never knew that. Um, yeah. So, um, but I had great teachers. I enjoyed going to school. Uh, it was somewhat of escape. What was going of the things going on, um, but it's very different upbringing, I think, compared to most kids. I mean, there wasn't a lot of um, families that were divorced back then. I don't think you know, like there is today. So. I I understand. I I know that. Um, you said you had siblings. Yep, I have a uh, older brother, Craig, and a sister two years younger, Carrie, and um, Jason, my brother, who's uh, ten years younger. So. So what do they do in in this world? What's their occupation or professions if they are? Um, I'm not, my brother's in some sort of sales position and my sister, I'm not sure what she does. Um, Goodness. This is Sorry, Carrie. This is interesting. <laughs> uh. um, but, uh, and then, or maybe it's because I'm nervous because I'm on the radio. Um, and then my younger brother uh, works for a company doing docks and lawns and things like that. He lives up north and he loves it, so. Up in St. Cloud? Siren, Wisconsin. Siren, so. got it. So <clears throat> I, I ask that because I'm, I'm looking for, um, I know the challenges shape a person and uh, you've already given me a sense of some of the things, some of the challenges that you have and, and I, I'm, I'm going to keep digging for that stuff. What was your, what was your uh, first job? Oh boy. No, no. So now let's, I mean... As a kid. Yeah. As yeah, a kid. Yeah, as a kid. Yeah. Um, so my brother and I were, my brother was able to secure a shopper paper out on Wednesdays. And uh, we both did that paper out. Every two weeks, we got $16.85. And uh, I was off to the races. <laughs> that is that, that was the beginning of, uh, I will beat you to $100, which were the back then, those a million dollars, right? Right. And uh, the race was on. And then from there, I uh, we moved into town when I was in sixth grade. I was able to get the uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune weekend paper out, and then I got the weekday paper out, and then the papers merged, and I had them all. Do you remember how many and, people uh, you had on your route? How many addresses? You know, I had uh, somewhere between 60 and 80. They built the new apartment building on my, my route. Yeah. Um, but we had to go six, eight blocks to get our papers. And uh, if anybody had a paper out, I had the tall yellow cart because I had so many papers. But the nice thing was I could dump a lot of them once I was able to push that thing six blocks to the beginning. And yes, there was a hill in between, so you had to go up and down the hill. It was like a hump, big, big hump. Um, and my my parents, my dad, I can only remember a handful of times that he over 
six, eight years of having that route that he would get up and help me because it was, and, and whereas my, the other two people at the route that picked up at the same depot, you know, their dads were there every weekend with trucks and things like that. And I'm out there in the blowing snow and just making it happen. So. Well, that's, I mean, that's a, folks, that's a, there's a, there's a great <clears throat> entrepreneurial experience. You got to go and collect. Did you have to yeah, I would collect? Say that, I would say collecting back then was the greatest uh, way to learn, learn how to manage the money. I got a bill from the Star Tribune every couple of weeks. Right. And you're like, I don't know, what you are in seventh grade, sixth grade. And, um, <clears throat> but the opportunity of that to be able to walk into somebody's home and they would sit down and say, how's school going? You know, how are things going, Jeff? And really care about me. Like it, it almost brought me to tears at times because it was like, I didn't get much of this at home and I'm not, it, it just was different at home. Um, yeah. Especially I knew when I went to the river houses or a couple of special people on my route, I'd really make sure I had time before I went to collect because yeah. they were interested in what I was doing and they would see how they could do to help me. Like I do to many people today. It's just, any, any people who had a, a little more profound influence on you on the, that you had on your paper route? For sure. The, uh, the, the Fittermans, um, they're part of the LDI. You're kidding me. They're part of the LDI. You had the Fittermans on yeah. your paper route. Yeah, the Fittermans, the Earharts, uh, they were the county commissioners. These are some wealthy people, folks. Dan Earhart was the uh, county commissioner. And then some of the people, I had, I had a few river houses and the doctors down there, especially the doctor's wives would really <laughs> be interested in what was going on and how school was going for me. So, Very good. It was awesome. Very good. <clears throat> All right. So there, there are, uh, you know, certainly you, you graduated from high school. You've already made the point that you did not go on to college or that wasn't for you, at least not at that time. Let's be clear. I barely graduated from high school. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I went. Like, I had a lot of friends. Yeah. Uh, did you did play any sports? Uh, soccer. All right. Soccer and skiing and stuff like that. Huh. So we are going to come back, take a little break here. We're going to talk to Jeff about some of his uh, challenges and struggles and what brought him to where he is. I... Really, really think that that you want to listen to this next segment because I think we're going to be getting into some of the things that are really meaningful here. And we will take our break and be right back. Seen anything in your plan? Find out with JLN Financial's Retirement Checklist. If you can check all the boxes on the list, you may be ready for retirement. If not, J. Allen Financial can help. Get this checklist now at rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. J. Allen Financial offers insurance services. Investing involves risk. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and J. Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. 
We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say, in the past, I was financially successful. However, at this point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, Dean and Lou, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Voss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Ask for Billy. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. Here with Levi and Jeff Salzbrun and talking about Jeff's journey that has taken him to where he is now. And I'm just going to, you know, go right to the point and tell you that Jeff is very successful. He has become very successful uh, financially and otherwise. And uh, he has been through some stuff. And I want to... I want to kind of pull some of that out because I always believe that when you find somebody who is truly self-made, there's always a story behind it. And I think that we're already getting a little bit of that, a flavor of that as we speak now. So you didn't go on and you decided to do something instead of going on to, to college. So what was that and what drove that decision? Yeah, so my siblings were getting uh, A's and B's in uh, school, and I was in wood shop in every class to try to avoid anything. Uh, I was really good with my hands, and I really, very mechanically inclined. I want to get my snowmobile going faster, my mini bikes and whatever I was working on. My paper routes are pretty important, figuring out how to make some money. Um, when you grow up uh, the way I did, and you... You know, everything was about my mom cut a lot of coupons, did a lot of refunding. I mean, it was just a constant struggle. I remember, you know, going to get the, my mom could take a piece of roast beef and turn it into 17 meals of bread and gravy. <laughs> and I just, you, you don't forget those days. And um, so high school, um, I did the delayed entry program, which you join the military when you're a junior. Um, I think I watched a movie, Miami Vice, and I was going to go in for 20 years and retire with a buddy. 
my buddy Jack Jorgensen, and we were going to open up a scooter rental shop. We didn't even know scooters were coming out then. Like uh, there, were, there were no scooters in the 80s, but Miami Vice had them in the movie. Uh-huh. And um, I joined a year, uh, a year out and continued to do my paper out all the way till I left the military. Of course, high school, a lot of drinking, a lot of uh, fun parties. And I was like thinking, I'm going into the military. I'm going to wear green clothes the rest of my life and or, you know, for the next 20 years. So nothing really mattered other than really... I was a good guy being with my friends, but really kind of partied a lot in high school and uh, did the minimum to, to just get to the end to get to the military. So so you went into the Army, and then what? Yeah, so uh, I went in the Army. I was an airborne rigger, and uh, sorry, I know some people thought I was a ranger, but I'm a yeah, rigger. But we I need riggers. you were a ranger battalion. Yeah, yeah, you need yeah. riggers to have rangers. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Pack anyway. your parachutes, yep. So uh, I was an airborne guy, which we were... Uh, pretty elite group um, in the military. And I was able to go to Germany. Great time, super successful, fun time. Uh, learned about people around the world that I otherwise would have not. Um, but we still drank and partied a lot. Fun time, but we got the job done. <clears throat> and I couldn't wait to get out. And really? How long it, were you in? It was in three years. And... I just wanted to, at that point in my life, I realized that. That wasn't, that wasn't uh, like the go in before you're 18 and get out before you're no, 21. No, you or, join your junior year, you graduate from high school. And yeah. Then I went in uh, in June. I think my, my old man did that, I think. But Yeah, there were okay. some kids that could go in early. Yeah, not, yeah. not during my time. but Okay. But anyway, um, I was determined to get out and go to college. I realized I had this ability, even in my unit, and I know some of those guys are listening right now. Uh-huh. Um, I had this unique ability to connect with people. We're in Germany, so I don't speak the language, but I could have shipped a Jeep back to the, to the U S if I wanted to. I mean, I just was knew really, how to get things done, really good at connecting. And I think that might've been from my paper out and, and talking to people every day. Like I had this gift to talk, <laughs> not sure what it was, but I, I realized I had something and the reenlistment bonuses were quite large. $11,000 is what I remember they were going to give me, which was a lot of money back then. Right. I think we were making 600 a month, six, 700 a month. So I was like, I can go deliver pizzas and make that kind of money. Let me out of here. I'm going to go to school for marketing. I had no idea what marketing was. Uh, those that are listening, we so did you not must, have So you hang on. So you must, have, you must have derived some confidence because prior to this, I don't think you had the confidence to believe you could go on to college. And now you're telling me you believed you could. I'll tell you why. I know why. I was, um, I got to become the colonel's driver, which was like a three or four month stint. And I don't know how I was chosen for that. Um, and when you become the colonel's driver, you're in the colonel's office and you're with the top NCO as well. And commissioned officers. Yeah. And, and that guy was like master sergeant something, but you're, yep. you're, you're kind of in an office, you're driving around. To like some pretty 78. Yeah. Yeah you're meeting generals and things like that. And those were the people that would talk to you and say, what are you going to do with your life? What are your plans? Things like that. So that changed a little bit. I remember going to get this book that was like thicker than a, the thickest Minneapolis phone book. And it was how to study for your ACT. And I would sit in my room at night for the last year and study that book only to find out I didn't have to take an ACT, but we didn't have a computer to look up. What do you have to do to go to college? There was none of that. So I just studied. Well, that's interesting. I mean, folks, if you don't know, uh, there is a, there is a real rule in the military that you, as a as an enlisted person, do not fraternize with officers because it is a chasm of a difference between the enlisted ranks and the officers. And you were 
with the officers who had an entirely different perspective on the world than the enlisted ranks did, and that apparently had an influence on you. So when you got out of the military, you went on to college. Where'd you go to college? Well, uh, I started out, I, I remember um, I registered in Anoka Ramsey. I had gotten a job at Mercy Hospital, which really that working with doctors here, that was another big step. Well, but, there's another point. Yeah, there's a, yeah, influences. Another, there's a couple of those along the way, but... I went to, uh, I signed up at AR. My buddies were up at St. Cloud State saving a room for me to come up and party. They're like, you're not going to Anoka Ramsey. Get up here to St. Cloud State. And I went up to St. Cloud State and fell on my face and then retracted back to uh, living in the cities. Going. What does that mean you fell on your face? What does that mean? I think I had four classes and I passed softball. (laughs) Um, I mean, I had to take English 095, math 095, which are, I was paying for the classes, but I was not getting college credit. Very, very uh, challenging uh, time. So I go back to uh, Anoka Ramsey, start working full-time at Mercy Hospital. I was able to get a job right away in billing because a gal had uh, went out to to have a baby. And so that was kind of neat. I was working on the computer. We didn't have Windows or anything like that. I I don't recall the software, but it was for billing for universal hospital equipment. I did internal postings around the hospital. Uh, I eventually ended up in OR, And I wanted to become an anesthetist. I'm working with doctors. I'm the same curious kid hanging over the hood of a car, but now we're hanging over an open brain and they're showing me on a black and white screen. We didn't have color screens back then, how they're correcting an aneurysm. So these doctors really took an interest in me when I would go down. I'm on break with doctors and anesthetists. And I talk to young men today all the time about where they work and when they go on break and how that can contaminate your brain. I had the total opposite. I had all these brilliant people that I was taking breaks with and talking about the case we were working on next, the vacations they were going on. And they really encouraged me to become an anest- a nursing anesthetist. So that was where I was heading. And that kind of helped me buckle down in college. Like I need to get going because this is what I want to do. Okay. So I worked from, I went from billing to housekeeping to linen to the emergency room, to the OR. And back then, to work in OR as a surgical nursing assistant, you did not need training. You could train on the floor. Uh-huh. So how so, long did you do that? Boy, I think I did that uh, all the way up until 96, 97. I worked there. I only took the amount of college classes I could afford to take. On my breaks, I was doing homework, but I was still partying a lot and getting in trouble. I mean, I just, there was something inside me that was like I was angry after I got out of the military it was just really hard to adjust had a few key employees there that really were like my mother while I was at work that were concerned and and helped me along the way um I want to say so then and and during that time a few years or, or very soon after I got home from the military my girlfriend at the time became a nanny for a guy named John Allen who's in commercial real estate so I was working for John Allen in commercial real estate. And when I was working then, I was painting, snow plowing. Did you, just, go, you went back to school at St. Cloud? Did you, did you, I did end up going to St. Cloud. Okay. So, but I'm working at the hospital because I need medical insurance. Yep. And I'm also working for John Allen and I'm going to college. So it took me eight years to get through college. Um, I had a lot of legal trouble along the way. I mean, I... When you get let out of the door of jail and there's nothing, you turn around and the door shuts, there's no handle, there's nobody, you're in the dark street of St. Cloud or Anoka or whatever jail I happened to be in at that time. And, and it was a few, um, usually drinking related. And um, 
not a very proud time at all, but really wanted to give up, wanted to go back into the military, something just, God, please help me. Um, really, a really, really tough time. And um, I'm sure my parents are just extremely disappointed. I mean, a lot of people are disappointed. I was disappointed myself. Um, in debt, debt collectors calling me every day. I mean, you, you name it. It was, it was brutal. And then I finally, finally one day I woke up and I, I uh, got rid of everything I owned. I mean, I had a cat and plants and furniture and I'm living in this apartment. Like, what am I doing? And I grabbed a mattress for free out of Mercy Hospital out of the basement, strapped it to the roof of my car. And I said, I'm going back to St. Cloud and I'm getting done. And uh, I didn't care about the debts. I didn't care about the legal mess. And I'm just, I'm going to do it. I need to get through school. And uh, went up there and did did pretty well. Um, still working. Actually, I think I took a break from work for John Allen. I went through treatment one summer just to avoid some legal problems. And while I was there, I also had Haley, my daughter, on the way. Had a baby on the way. Was not married to her mother. She was a beautiful person. Still is this day a great friend. And uh, I was just n- not ready to be a father or you know, I really had to get my life together. So, um, fast forward, I end up, uh, that really, really motivated me, but that was the lowest point of my life. I mean, I just remember sitting down by the river at St. Cloud State thinking, my God, you have a kid on the way. You still have all these legal troubles. You're in all this trouble. And I'd been working for John for several years. Really? And able, and at that to, point, you were already... Yeah, and able with, to hide a lot of this stuff. John helped me with a lot of this stuff, just too. Just real, real briefly, tell tell the folks who John Allen is and what, what, he, what he did and what you did for him real quick. You know, uh, it's what John Allen did for me. Um, you know, he took me under his wing um, very early on and, and really impressed upon me things that I'd never heard in my life. And um, I worked very, very hard for him. I had to hide a lot of my troubles that I was like failing in school and, you know, the, the DWIs, the, the legal troubles and some of those things he helped me get through for sure. Um, he had a friend. One John time, Allen inevitably became one of, or the largest, finish it for Largest me. commercial real estate developers, industrial commercial developers. In the state. In the state of Minnesota. Yeah. Just the biggest portfolio. And uh, I was so proud to be able to work for him still still am to this day to say I was able to work for him. He changed my life forever. I, I, I look, it's everything you look back at. You look back at the military, you look back at, you look back at all your experiences and you wonder like, why am I where I'm at today? How lucky did I get to be able to have a mentor and learn about commercial real estate, the biggest wealth? Well, I think, uh, I think it's obvious. Ever. We're going to take a break here. I think it's obvious. It's about the, it's about your affiliations. I mean, your affiliations 100%. had great impact on you. Uh, Evan, we're going to take another break here and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that affiliation with John Allen that we've gotten to this point. I apologize. There's so much I'd like to cover, folks, but we're we're not going to have the time to do it and, and give it its its real due because I want to I want to kind of illustrate it as a as a summary within this show where he came from. That is Jeff, uh, how he got where he is, and and then talk a little bit about his success at this point because it is pretty profound. We'll be right back. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixauto.com. 
www.fixauto.usa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. Does your sump pump run constantly? Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty-smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number, 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. Interviewing Jeff Saltbrun of CEG, Commercial Equities Group. Uh, anybody want to buy or sell a commercial building in the next three, four years or tomorrow, he is the guy. I do mean that. He is the guy. Um, 
So I want to pick it up where we left off, Jeff, because I do know that in addition to all these other folks who had pretty, pretty significant impacts on your life and your direction, because I think without these people, folks, you've heard me say before that that mentorship is the most powerful tool in the world. And it is. Um, there's nothing more to teach people how to fish for themselves and the association, the affiliation of people who are successful uh, almost has more impact than even what they tell you, but we are going to talk about that. So John Allen was an incredible commercial developer, understood commercial real estate, made a lot of money. If I'm not mistaken, he almost did or is a billionaire. So we're talking about a guy who became, who, who, who Jeff met when he wasn't that and was a part of that transition and, and that incredible growth, which is obviously going to have an impact on anybody. But what do you think? Uh, what do you think the the things that you learned from John and the impacts that he had on you? Can you talk a little bit about that? So uh, John, um, he grew up on a farm as well, and so that was where uh, Wisconsin. Okay, and uh, his father Wisconsin. was his father was a school teacher. So he, when I started working with him, he would be out there shoveling the sidewalks of his buildings and plowing with us. We would John and I would paint. We'd rent lifts and. He'd get this. He'd get a bid to paint a demising wall in a warehouse building, and he'd say, "I can buy a paint sprayer and the paint cheaper, and own the paint sprayer at the end. So let's do it, and then we'll paint the outside of the building." So he was. Uh, I used to think like when I first started with him, I was like, "What a great guy!" He would show up all the time with a couple of cheeseburgers from Super America or McDonald's for me while I was working. I'm like, I'd go home and say, "This is the greatest guy in the world." Well, the truth was, is he didn't want me to leave work and keep working, and he would feed me like he, you were the worker bee. Yeah, it made man. sense. Keep this guy fed, and he'll keep working nonstop. And I was a very, very hard worker. Um, I think there's something. I think the reason he hired me is twofold. Number one, my girlfriend was his nanny, so I was taking care of his kids, and he trusted me with his children. I mean, that's isn't that one. interesting? An offhanded thing like that. Yeah, I think became that's so powerful. I think that's the start, and. Um, he um, he knew I hire people today and know they may not be the fit, but they're an incredible person and I want to I be their opportunity to lift them up. And I think looking back, that's really what John had uh, seen in me. And the other thing was, is I knew how to move on to the next step. Like if we're painting a building, um, I was working with his brother-in-law and a couple other friends and they'd say, hey, let's call John and do the next thing. Uh, see what we need to do next. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do we need to do next? It says Sherwin Williams on the can. I'm, I'm telling you, he's got an account there. This building looks pretty big. Let's order a hundred gallons and 10 rollers and 10 rolls of tape and tell him to curry it out here and keep going. And I just kept doing moves like that, that without bothering him, just kept getting the job done and kept moving forward. So folks, self-starter, self-starter, yeah. you know, 100%. Uh, my, my son and I had this conversation about, obviously this is what you do next. And my son said, Dad, you don't understand. You never. People are never going to do that unless you tell them exactly what to do. They're not going to take a chance on doing something and getting in trouble. So if you don't tell them precisely what to do, they're never going to do it. That is a failing in our in our society today with with employment. That is impressive. And then the uh, the the never quit that you you definitely get in the military, but you get in airborne school more than anything. Um, and so. When it was 90, 95 degrees in the afternoons, I had my brothers and friends and everybody helping me paint. And, you know, they'd want to, they'd want to quit because it's hot out. And I, you know, but, well, let's get out here. We'd be out there then at four in the morning in the headlights of the truck, opening cans of paint, 
getting the thin trawl on them, getting the paint sprayers going. We had to take the scaffolding out of a, a building that only had a dock and set it up every single day outside to a building that was 30 feet tall and reassemble and stack and climb up and down the scaffolding. We didn't have any of these JLG lifts and things people are doing. And these people would show up at the business across the street. It was a Target printing shop and watch us set up. And I was always thinking, which direction is the sun going? Start on the shade side and stay ahead of the sun as much as we possibly could. And then we could take a break from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the hottest part of the day and then jump back on. And uh, so just little things like that moving forward. Um, it was an incredible experience with John. The people, so eventually I end up getting into the office. I'm in college. I'm doing, my last class was an internship. And, you know, so John lets me come into the office for that. I had to bring my own computer. We, computers were very new back then. And I brought my college computer to work and used it. And um, what, what, like one of these uh, Apple computers that were like a refrigerator. I don't even think Apple was around then, but yeah. I mean, they were. But I mean, I had a big tower computer. And okay. um, I think I was still paying credit card payments on that at 38% or whatever it was. <laughs> so I'm working with John and one of John's very good friends, Brian Mark, um, during my internship. And I knew Brian very well. He owned RBC Tile and Stone in town, and it was a very big tile company. He's, he's, he's since sold, but Brian hired me. I worked for him for one day. He, he came into John Allen's office, and he talked to me, and he said, listen, you're going to come work for me. I'm going to get you a company car. And back then, company cars were huge. You know, uh -huh. Everyone owned a company car. And here I got a guy telling me I'm getting a company car, and I got a driving record that's three pages long. And I don't even think I had a driver's license when he told me that, to be honest with you. And um, he said, I, 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 I was super nervous and I had to disclose to him uh, some of my driving trouble. And I'm like, I'm going to lose this job right now. And he, the words he said to me, I'll never forget the rest of my life. I mean, somewhat of what he said, because he was very firm about it. And he said, Jeff, all that is behind you now. I believe in you. I don't ever want to hear about it again. You're going to do great things. And when you come from the background that I had come from, you don't hear those words. And so therefore, here I am like 20, 30 years later, I'll never forget that moment with Brian Mark. Like that, so, there was, so being around John Allen and meeting these very influential people that could make an impact on my life, not only that, um, we also officed with Dick Jeske, who um, he used to be the vice president of Heitman Financial, him and Tom Crowley, and you know, they financed the ball in America. So we're talking to some very impressive people. Dick, I had more access to Dick and, and we'll, we can talk about access. I talk about it a lot in my daily life. Um, I had Dick every single day. John was busy. John ended up moving to Florida um, 10, you know, 10 years into my career with, I was with him for about 20 years. So, you know, they moved down to Florida, but I had Dick Jeske in the office every single day and poor Dick, you know, Dick used to have to drive me to court cause I didn't have a driver's license and Dick, <laughs> Dick, uh, shout out to Dick. Dick, I love you. Thank you for everything. I, I love John Allen too. And all these guys, but, uh, Dick was, Dick changed my life. He never, um, he wouldn't give me like a lot of direct advice, but he would listen to me and help me get through the day, whether it was, uh, relationship problems, legal problems, and, and I know these people sit back today and are just like, wow, how did, you know, when you, when, and I do it today, I help a lot of people. When you help people, um, you want them to do well and be proud of them. That's an accomplishment for anybody in life. 
Um, so the people I help in my life, when I find out later on that they're doing something wonderful, and, and I may have had a little teeny part of that, it just warms my heart. So Very good. We are going to take another break here um, with uh, Jeff and come back, and we're going to try to wrap this up in our last segment and talk about what has taken place uh, so far. You know, when I listen to you, Jeff, what I get is a lot of gratitude for for the people that you've been around. I, I feel it resonate when you talk to me about other people when we have our meetings together. And uh, that is maybe something that I find profound. Uh, your affiliations are huge, no question about it. Uh, but you are very thankful and you are continually looking to pay it forward. So we're going to talk about that as well. So let's take our break and we will be right back with Jeff Salzbrun, owner and uh, founder of CEG Commercial Equities Group. If you want to buy or sell a building in the next few years, if you want to do it tomorrow, Jeff Salzbrun and his incredible team, we'll talk about that, can help you out. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Social Security, you've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of it? Jim Baer and his team at JL and Financial can show you ways to do that with their free Social Security report. Download your copy today at rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. JL and Financial offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and JL and Financial are not affiliated companies. JL and Financial is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or governmental agency. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? There are attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years experience in this highly specialized field and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly and most importantly help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download financial Crisis Bible or call us at 763-559-3800. That number again, 763-559-3800. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. 
Hey, welcome back. All right. So, uh, you know, powerful stuff here. And, you know, it's it's always a challenge because somebody sits here and, and speaks low-key as Jeff does. And you don't understand, if you're not really listening carefully, the power in some of the things that he's saying. Uh, I do. I, I interview people all over the, the, what, we're going on the 14th year here. And so... I think, uh, you know, these affiliations are great, but, you know, I, I've not met uh, as many, I don't know if I've met anybody um, who has become a rags to riches story successful from nothing, I mean nothing, and has had the level of gratitude that I feel in, in Jeff because I watch how he handles other people and how he literally will go out of his way on a regular basis to help people that others might, considered to be throwaway folks and he is unique in that but you're hearing some of why that is because i as i said in the uh before we went to break he, he has a, a a way of paying it forward that i find to be pretty amazing so <clears throat> i'm going to go back to this again um you were working for john and, and you're really kind of breezing over this but you learned a lot working for john about commercial buildings and the commercial real estate world did you not Absolutely. I mean, and I really paid attention to it and that's, you know, I didn't, he didn't really teach me as much about the art of the deal of putting together my own deals in the future, which I do with my people now, but I was really, I was thrown into it, starting out with building budgets and learning how to manage buildings. And uh, then you we were had, overseeing projects. Oh yeah. We, we, like, we, uh, like a yeah, GC, yeah. right? I yeah, mean, that's we, what you were doing. We built most of our buildings and we didn't have Ryan or Opus or anybody putting them up. It was Jeff and John and Jeff in a car running around with blueprints. You, you were a cheap date, man. You, was, you, uh, you did all that stuff and uh, you weren't making the GC income on that. You were, <laughs> you were overseeing those projects. You were running around doing anything and everything necessary. And you learned, I mean, Jeff will walk into a building, folks, and he'll tell you what's underneath the concrete floor. He he know he'll say this building is not properly divided. This is not this is not uh, this is not going to attract as many of, of the tenants that you want in this building. There are things that he knows that are just somewhat astounding, and how to put those things together. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that you you built buildings from the ground up and knew how to how to how to lease them, put tenants in, what was attractive, what was not, and that has been incredibly useful to you. And negotiating all those contracts to do that. And uh, I was just talking to uh, a, a contractor person I was introduced to a couple of days ago, Fritz, yesterday. And we happen to know a lot of the same contractors. And there was this one particular contractor, Jim Blusima, uh and Jeff Blusima, and their, their whole family, they had a small plumbing business. And Jim would call John Allen and say, I know that guy's working. My fax machine is ringing at five o'clock in the morning and he's at the job site by seven and he's still at the job site. I'd stop by to visit these job sites at 630 because I was a broker and doing property management during the day, kind of building these buildings on the side with John, but mostly me uh, in a suit on the side of a D6 getting all muddy. And, you know, they, they all thought I was a overdressed contractor. And I thought I was an overdressed contractor, underpaid, but knew I was doing brokered stuff, uh, keeping the tenants in John's building as well. So, you know, the funny thing is, folks, when you buy investment real estate, specifically commercial real estate, or any investment real estate for that matter, what's your primary issue? The primary issue is you got to have tenants who are paying you. Exactly. And the funny thing about this is that that is the thing that is less concerning to Jeff 
than almost anything else because that's what he knows intrinsically. He knows that stuff. And for a lot of us who invest in real estate, we buy this great piece of real estate, but now maybe we need to increase the rents, convert it to triple net, do a whole lot of things, write the leases. Uh, and, and Jeff, I mean, that's like swimming. He knows exactly how to do that. Now we've, we've been together for, Oh, go ahead. I think, I think a great point to be, to make here is John Allen was also, uh, he went to law school and he passed the bar exam and went right into commercial real estate. So working with John, we had all these tenants and all these leases. So he, he knew contract law. He knew yes, how to handle yes, that. Yes, and we yeah. were doing, but we did all our own leases. We didn't use attorneys very much. And the legal language I know today when I'm working with my team and right is like walking to school. And because they're just of away. And my, my own attorney that I use, as you know, uh, Craig, if you're listening. Craig Andreessen. He, he knows that... Uh, some of this language I can put together pretty well myself. So we, we have been together not that long, I think going on a few years here. And in that period of time, why don't you tell a little bit about when we first met and what you told me and where we are now? How about that? Well, I don't I don't know if I ought to be super specific, but I met Todd in uh, B&I and um, we were, uh, it was video then. And I thought, who does this guy think he is? Like, I got arrogant SOB. I, I, I honestly thought he was kind of an arrogant guy, to be honest with him. I love him to death today, but I, I'm like, I gotta, I have to approach this guy because I'm in commercial real estate and he's talking about investing. Well, I was not mature enough to understand, even we're talking a couple of years ago. So every day you're learning. And I had called Todd to say, I'd love to talk to you. And he called me back and, and he's like, you know, I just don't have time. I, I needed 10 minutes. And I'm like, wow, Jeff, welcome to BNI. I didn't put together that it was COVID and understand what Todd had done for a living and how much he was helping other people um, try to get through the COVID issues with their businesses. So I didn't realize how busy he was. But once we met, uh, it was game, set, match, and over. And every Friday for two hours, cement and stone, we are together working on uh, not just building my business, but actually uh, working on my life and becoming a better person. Well, when Jeff met me, I'm going to add on to this. Jeff told me, look, I make really good money. And he did made really good money. And he said, Todd, I don't really know that I want to build a business. I'm really not that interested in that. I just want you to tell me how to create systems and how to become more efficient and just do what I'm doing even better. And I smiled and laughed and said, yeah, yeah. Because I knew that once we made him efficient and we did that very thing, then that literally became a prototype to build a business. And I'm always, always about your primary business or job is simply a tool to help you own more assets. And in this case, buy more real estate. And so since that time, what has happened? Wow. Um, I think we have 10 or 12 people. I got to count on my fingers and toes now. And uh, we 10 just or 12 hired, people working for you. Yeah, we just hired a couple last week. I know when I first met Todd, I was like, He's like, why are you not hiring somebody else and teaching them like John Allen taught you? And uh, I was like, because I, I don't need to. And then this fire inside me of, you know, reflecting and meeting with Todd and realizing that I got to where I am because of the people that have helped me. I uh, started out, I hired Anne Maria Marketing Gal to do my brochures. And I honestly just, needed her to get me a web page to get going and then I was going to slow her down on half her pay and things like that and she's still with me today and we've hired some other very very incredible people that I am certain the average person would not think about hiring I mean just right. really 
I'm not searching for people that have struggle. Um, I just know that there's people that have had struggle that are just very, you just got to be looking for the people. And honestly, once you start building your company, these people are just surfacing. And if you believe forward. in people, they will learn to believe in themselves. Yeah. So being a leader is, you know, having people follow you and believe in you. And they're, the, the, the culture of our company screams um, how much Jeff wants to help people. And Very I good. say that with the most humble feelings ever. It's like, if these people can supersede me and do beyond what I've done, that's my goal. Well, I'm you, not, it's not a pyramid company. Yeah, you, you, really, you really do those things. And, and the reality, folks, is that everybody has more, way more than they think they have. And you just have to find a way to draw it out of them. And Jeff does that through through pure love. Um, you also have uh, have gotten pretty deep into the commercial real estate ownership role. Tell us a little bit about that. So I got to give a shout out to uh, Rafik Moore. Rafik Moore started Caspian Group and uh, he got me into buying buildings and I got to thank him for that. And yeah, we own uh, to 20 some buildings now, I think. So we're doing, we're doing fantastic. <laughs> so. Hey, I hope you enjoyed it. I wish we had more time, folks. This is a rags to riches story. Jeff Salzburn, you need somebody to help you with commercial real estate. He and his team are it. Have a great weekend, everybody. CEG Spaces, Commercial Equities Group. Bye-bye. Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN. You're listening to 1500 ESPN on KSTPAM 1500 and 94.5 HD2 Minneapolis.